0: Okay, hi, everybody. This is Mike L. from the Comic Book Syndicate.
1: And this is Joshua (laughs) Murr.
0: Okay. (laughs) Josh, you are a graduate of St. Clair College Animation. Yes. And you were...
1: Uh, I'm an animator. I've been in the industry for about three years now. Excellent. uh, Working in 3D animation.
0: And so this is going to be focusing on the Marvel superhero called Quasar. We haven't finalized the name of the podcast yet, so when this is uploaded, it'll have a title on it, but as we're recording this, we don't know what it is, so please bear with us. So, why don't we just start by, I mean, I'll just give you a quick, the reason I picked Quasar Mm -hmm. is because I started buying his series in 1989 or 90, whenever it came out, and I just fell in love with the character, and he's one of those, this is the cool thing about Marvel, and and DC, but more of an extent Marvel, is they have these characters that float around in the background for years, and then eventually they might get their own series or they might not. This is one of those characters, he was around for about 11 years before he got his own series. And I guess I just want to know, do you, do you know anything about this character?
1: I actually do know a bit about him. Um, I, I know originally he was named Marvel Boy or Marvel Man. And that was originally a different character entirely. Uh, and he was, I think, in, even introduced in Captain America uh, 217 as Marvel Boy. I don't even think he was named Quasar. But uh yeah he he has the quantum
0: bands quantum bands
1: right and he kind of acts almost like a green lantern type character for yes. for Marvel where he can create uh, different things whatever he needs out of energy coming f- you know from the quantum bands So that's pretty much what I know I, I actually um, I read 217 years and years ago mm. and I didn't even make the conne- connection that this character was Quasar. Okay, So going back, it was kind of interesting to uh, read it again and go, oh, yeah, that's that's
0: the sure. character. Yeah. So uh, without going into the history of, of, of Marvel Boy, I'll just say quickly, he was a 1950s Marvel character. Right. Um, and I've read a couple of, his, of, of the, st- the stories, and they're great, but the reason I love Quasar is not necessarily anything to do with Marvel Boy or his powers. It was just because of the way the character was written by Mark Grenwald, there was a, a little bit of humor there, a little bit of satire. Um, and it was also the first Marvel comic I read that really got into all the cosmic stuff. Let's just, let's just talk about this comic. So this is where Wendell Elvis Vaughn, which is his real name, mm-hmm. this is where he's introduced. He's nothing like the quasar that I lo- uh, you know grew to love years later. but and he's also only in a few panels. so we're not even going to talk about him much. It's kind of right. just an excuse to you know review some random Marvel comics, which we all love. And so let's just start right here. Okay, so Captain America number 217, okay? So the first thing I noticed about this, it's kind of a strange thing to notice, but I noticed that the top left here, did you notice above the uh, little caption, it says, all new. Oh, it does. Yeah. Yeah. I think the reason Marvel has that there is because at this point in their history, they were so behind on deadlines That they would, it was a regular occurrence to pick up a Marvel comic and have it just be a reprint. Really? With no announcement. Okay. Yeah, like sometimes they would say, you know, next month, you know, Green Goblin will be back in Spider Man, and then the issue would come out and it would just be some random reprint of some other story. It happened a lot, yeah. So I think that's why it says that there. It's just kind of funny. Anyway, so Cap stands alone against startling new superheroes and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Interesting. Fury Falcon, are you both turning against me too? Believe it, shield slinger. You're a traitor to shield, and you're going to pay for it the hard way. Very cliche superhero um, problem, I guess you could say. For like sure, the betrayal yeah. of the friends. I don't. know. What's your impression of that cover? You uh, yeah, it
1: it seems very classic. It, this whole this comic cover, I think, really uh, showcases what you're going to get exactly in the comic. Because sure. I feel like the the you know the cover is exactly what you get inside. It's cheesy. It's you know it's full of action uh you know it's it's that
0: classic quintessential old 60s comic which i love it's so much fun well and just to be clear audience it's actually 70 is it 70 78 january 78 but 78, you know what yeah. this is the thing is the vibe you know you said 60s but it's not that much different the vibe mm-hmm. from i would say about like this is this is a bronze age comic i would say the bronze age was pretty consistent as far as style, for a solid ten to fifteen years, like from seventy to eighty-five, it's pretty much the same. It's right. a lot of the same writers, a lot of the same artists, and the, it, things didn't really get shaken up until the mid-eighties, right? So yeah, this could easily have fit in with a sixties comic. So, so anyway, so <laughs> so I open it up, and okay, so this is by we didn't mention this. This is by Roy Thomas, Don Glut, other writers. John Buscema is the artist. Is the, sorry, the penciler and Pablo Marcus is the inker. Um, the first thing I, I, I see is this beautiful splash page, and it makes me miss splash pages because Marvel and DC do not do these anymore. And I just love you. Jump right into the action. Big smiles on everyone's face. What's your impression?
1: Yeah, I love it. Uh, it's colorful. It's the full page. It's uh, it's great to see them kind of interacting with their fans, the heroes, because they used to do that a lot mm-hmm. where um, the heroes were, you know, signing autographs and being almost like uh, athletes, like professional yeah. athletes, like they were famous just as much as they were. So, and I think it also opened it up to, to, to show like, you know, kids can also read these comics as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I love this
0: yeah. first page. And, and I mean, it's, it's um John Buscema, who's one of my absolute favorite artists. This issue is a little bit weird. It's inked by Pablo Marcus, who I'm familiar with, but I, you know, I couldn't pick his art out in a crowd, but, or in a lineup, but... This is not John Buscema's best art, but even John Buscema, you know, on a bad day is better than almost every other artist, in my opinion. I think it's great.
1: I, I love uh, John Buscema as well. Uh, I grew up, I think, reading uh, a lot of the the comics that he uh, drew as well. And even like going back to reading the uh, How to Draw Comics the Marvel way. And yes. uh, I think later on, they also had uh, like a little movie that they put out as well and I had the DVD copy of it where Stan, yes. him, and, him and Stan Lee were, mm-hmm. were talking and, and showing you exactly how they would write it so yeah Steve Buscema has always been one of my favorites.
0: John, Bush, John Buscema John, yeah. John Buscema, <laughs> no Yeah. <problem>, no problem <laughs> Not and Steve Buscemi. Yeah I know it's a little confusing <laughs> John, John one Buscema. letter off Yep. and of course his little brother Sal Buscema who I'm sure we'll be talking about soon because he's another great artist. Now here's the thing is one of the first, one of the first things they talk about in this story is uh oh because uh, Falcon is, is, uh, is thought balloon here on page one. Uh-oh, he's drifting again. His hands, his hand's writing, but his mind's someplace else. Like on who Steve Rogers was before that lab experiment turned him into Captain America. So here's the thing. We have, as re- we have not read the last issue. I don't know exactly what's going on. right? But I will say that I just recently read the um, classic Captain America run by Roger Stern and John Byrne. Mm. okay and that comes after this but one of the things they address is captain america is confused about his past right and it ends up i don't want to spoil the story but it turns out he has false implants Mm -hmm. or memory implants and what those that what the purpose of the story was it was to explain why some stories weren't consistent with others okay so i don't know what happened in the previous issues that led to this mystery but it's just a typical 70s you know way of addressing all the subplots that were going on right Right.
1: if you jump into this this issue you you mm -hmm. kind of get a at least minimal understanding of what's going on
0: and i think it's cool because there's there's this prevailing belief nowadays that new readers don't you know they like to jump in at the beginning they don't like to you know right and that's
1: that's why there's all these reboots of every year you know Starting from number one again, which I, you know, hate. I
0: absolutely hate it. I don't think anyone likes that. I just, I don't know why they do it. But yeah, I mean, all of us, you know, I was a kid at this time. And if I would have started reading here, reading that thought balloon, that would have made me want to go back and go, I want to find out what's going Mm -hmm. on. It doesn't turn me off at all. It doesn't confuse me. I love it, you know. So, you know. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> uh, right away, I'm reading this comic, and let me just say, you know, sometimes when we re- review these old comics, people accuse us of being sort of pretentious or looking down on them. I love these comics, even if I'm laughing at certain plot developments. Uh, you gotta understand, I was smiling the whole time I was reading this. Same, you know?
1: same. It, it, it's just so cheesy, and uh, but it just fits. I don't know how to describe it. Like it, it's almost like watching an old Adam West uh batman Batman. like it has that same feel to it where it's 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 cheesy but it's classic and it it just it works
0: i think the key is is that these comics it's like they knew what they were Mm -hmm. and too many modern superhero comics it's like they want to have the guys in costumes and the superheroes and the powers but they also want to try to be serious but they don't quite mesh together. Right. Whereas these are like, these comics are like, look, we know what we are. We're still going to be good. We're still going to be fun, but we're going to accept it. It's an absurd genre. It's ridiculous, yeah, right? exactly. And so Captain America and Falcon are done um, signing these autographs, and then they walk into what amounts to be a secret entrance to like a S.H.I.E.L.D. Head, headquarters. Right. But it's in a barbershop. But here's the funny thing. It's not like they walk in in street clothes and then go to a back room.
1: They they walk in, you know, dressed in their full uh, superhero costumes and the the barber kicks the two guys that right. are getting, you know, a haircut just right out. Right. So, it's, it's so they can, you know, do their thing. They can they sit in the barber chairs and they uh, pull a secret lever and their chairs go down to the secret bunker and then immediately the doors open back up and, they're, and then they, they're welcomed back, right back right, in. Right, and they which let is, them back in. Which it's, is so great.
0: It's... It's awesome. Let's just put it. it's like it's it's ridiculous but awesome like you yeah. said like whatever. The guy comes back in, "Oh, sorry to barge in, but I forgot my hat and hey, where do those two super types go? Them Oh, they slipped out the back way. Like it's great. I love it. It's so it's so perfect. Mm-hmm. And and it's also funny.
1: Like those two super types. Like he doesn't know who Captain America is. I know. Is. He, was, I know. Yeah. he was just crowded in the street signing autographs. Uh-huh. And, yeah, yeah. You're and, you right. know, everybody knows who he is. Good point. But it. it just it just works. I don't know mm-hmm. how to describe it. It's it's yeah. It's you great. don't
0: que- Yeah, you don't question. It. It's great. Yeah. Um, okay, so here we go. Some classic seventies dialogue. Holy, coming out of that wall cap. What are we gonna do? Good question, buddy. And then of course we have the gratuitous fight scene, right? It's on what page are we be on here? Page five. Okay. Page four we will say, and we're already in a gratuitous fight scene. We have no idea what's going on. We don't know who these guys are.
1: They just you know sit in a chair. They're they slide on down to the uh, the bunker and they're in a fight. And they're getting it's Yep.
0: They're they're yes. Their skills are they being don't waste tested. They any time. Yep. I love it. And then of course Nick Fury. Um, pops in with Dum uh, Dum Dugan And then of course these guys are all You know, looking their wounds, walking away But <laughs> I just love how You know, this, this is another superhero cliche Is It's like the fight scene The writer's basically like, we're going to have a fight scene We'll figure out why later And so what we have here is <laughs> um, Alright Fury, what's the idea? What's eating you hero? My boys gave you a hard time That's not the point those agents of yours were out for blood. For blood. What's wrong? For blah, blah, blah. And he's like, something like that. You see, Cap, anybody can dress up in fancy duds. Call himself Captain America <laughs> the Falcon. But that doesn't mean he's a real McCoy. Page five. Coming out of that wall, Cap, what are we going to do? Good question, buddy. First we wait. Find out why those S.H.I.E.L.D. agents are charging down on us. <laughs> and if they really mean to fight us, they do. We hit back! Like this. I'm sorry, but this is so awkward because now we have the, the omniscient narrator interacting with his narration. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. one's called pink, one's called orange. It's a little bit awkward, but I don't know. Whatever. I still love it, but it's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. So we end up having this fight scene. Um, it's the classic uh, superhero cliche of fight scene. We'll figure out why later. You know, misunderstanding. So Nick Fury says to them something like that you see Cap, anybody can dress up in fancy duds and call himself Captain America or the Falcon, but that don't mean he's the real McCoy. So Cap says, you thought we might be imposters. So then you can explain why is it they think Sure,
1: so they... uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. has captured this infiltrator, uh, this uh, this agent from AIM, I believe, and uh, they're reading his thoughts. And on the projection board, they show Cap that... Uh, Cap and this guy has his, has in his memories meeting with Captain America and Falcon so they're uh, thinking that they might be imposters so to test them out they send a bunch of shield agents just to attack them <laughs> right, so. but
0: see this is what's confusing is this image here
1: is, is a is fury so on the screen it's uh, that, so i was so confused reading this i had to yeah, actually go back and, so
0: this must be an evil fury that we saw in another issue which is referenced here 213 but we don't really know that there's no way to indicate right. that so so
1: it yeah it's it's really weird i had to go back and read this i think twice after yeah. reading because i you know i was thrown right into the action and i was you know into it and then i kind of you know read too fast i think and didn't quite understand what they were saying, but you know, the reason why they were attacked right away when <laughs> walking into the uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters is because Fury thought that they might be imposters because right. this evil agent uh, you know, they read his mind and, and saw him re- meeting with Captain America and Falcon.
0: Well, and the thing is is the action is so fast paced that you're, I don't want to see your skim reading but you're kind of going, okay, I get it. Punch, punch, punch. And that's something important that comes along and then you don't realize I better slow down and actually focus on what they're saying because it's right. the actual plot point. But, well, whatever. That's fine. Um, okay. So now what happens is, so, you know, they're kind of, um, you know, like, right, like, this is some great art. Like, I just want to talk about this is page um, eight. And, again, not John Buscema's best, but, like, look at this page here in the middle. In this panel, you have three different figures and, like, Cap is just off you know he's cut off here he's in the background nick fury's here but this guy's way stuck in the background foreground right i just love like this is a tiny little panel but look what they did with it you know look what john buscema did with it it's just there's so much information there it's like its own photograph that's what i feel like i feel like every panel is composed like a perfect photograph and again that's why i like older comics you know
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know what you think he, he kind of has almost like a Kirby feel I think to his drawings he I think maybe a little bit more on like the realism I think totally. Kirby was more cartoony and right. fun he has a little bit more of a realistic style and I don't know I've always just gravitated towards Busema.
0: and here's yeah Jack Kirby is my favorite artist but mm-hmm. I actually think from like Kirby peaked in the late 60s and maybe early 70s and then he went downhill right. for like 30 years he went downhill 20 years John Buscema never went downhill. He was yeah. good until his last assignment, you know, and, and which was actually a Superman story, and it was still incredible, you right. know, so he he never declined. Um, okay, so now here's where things get really fun, okay? <laughs> on page nine, we are introduced to a new character called Blue Streak, who I have to point out, this is beautiful, he's riding on roller skates. I love it. I mean, and it's, it's not even
1: roller skates, He he's got, you know, <laughs> pretty much a... Just one wheel underneath yeah. his foot too. It's not even a roller skate. I didn't even which notice love
0: that. It's almost like um, it's not even a uh, what are those it called? It's not even roller blade. It's just a single roller skate on each foot.
1: Yeah, it's it's like one wheel underneath yeah. his foot, which is so like gimmicky mm-hmm. and fun and just cheesy. That's I great. It. Yeah.
0: And I love this. First off, I want you to meet the Blue Streak Gangway, a man on roller skates. What is that? Nick some kind of gag? If it is Shield Slinger, how come you ain't laughing? And of course. <laughs> Good Lord, he's soaring right over us. I love it. And then those skates of his must be rocket-powered. Oh, it's it's great. just great. Yep. Yeah, fantastic. And, he, you know, his his
1: costume is, like, all white with, like, blue, like, lightning bolts all the way up his legs mm-hmm. and sleeves. And it's just... So, so pure like 70s. 70s. Beautiful. It's great. Yep. I, I, you know, I actually don't know anything about this character. Do you know if he ever shows up again or like how often he shows up? Because he you seems know, like one of those just like goofy one off characters. I don't
0: really know, but I, I know I've come across him in the Marvel Universe, like Deluxe Edition or whatever. Right. So he must have had more than one appearance, but I've definitely heard of him. Right. Okay. So he, I think he comes back. Yeah. So there's more to come from him. Now we have this character called Vamp. I don't know if she's been around before again. You know, again, if you're listening to this, don't criticize us because we don't know the history of every character. I love Marvel. I love comics. But this is part of the, like, if you're a new reader and you're coming in, this is how you'd be reading it. You wouldn't know who these characters were, right? right? So. I,
1: I, I love comic books, but I definitely would not call myself a comics expert. I just love them. Sure. So this is just kind of a, I think, fun
0: way for me to, yeah. you know, give me an excuse to read more comics. Sure. And I also think it's she actually addresses her name as I demonstrate what this belt can do and why I'm called the Vamp. I love it. I love when it's characters so do that. Yeah. I love it when they explain what their name means. It's, it's so almost boring.
1: like a villain monologue right. where he explains his whole plan. She's, you know, telling you exactly what her costume's right. about and why she's called what she's called. It's just great. And
0: what she can do. Yeah. yeah. See, like, and then as long as I'm close enough to set opponent... To said opponent, I can use those powers against him. I admit the name doesn't mean quite the same as it did in those old silent movies. Anyway, yeah, this is ridiculous, but I still love it. But great, uh, yeah, definitely um, a product of its time. That's for sure. Okay, then we get. Okay, then we get the Texas Twister, another great character that pretty much went nowhere. Um, okay, then we come to the main event in my eyes, which is introducing us to. Look at this. Okay, let's just see how they introduce him. Marvel Boy. So, yeah, so this is Quasar, but at this point, you're right. I thought he was called Marvel Man, but he is called Marvel Boy. You're right. Um, again, his dialogue, his voice is not the same voice that I'm used to. He's not the same personality. Right. it's kind of just generic superhero at this point, but whatever. So we're introduced to a new superhero that, of all of these, technically he does go on to the biggest things. Like he ends up joining the Avengers years later, so... A pretty significant character, but kind of just thrown in with right. his other ones. Like, you know, actually,
1: going back to what you're saying about he doesn't have the same voice, I feel like a lot of the characters kind of have a different voice than they do today. Yeah, like Nick Fury almost sounds like uh J. Jonah Jameson does today. Yeah. How he's talking like you, bumbling buffoon, and like the, the his weird way of talking, like he it's, it's almost like you know pulled from the 50s, it's sure, way sure. past you know anything that would be in like 70s, 80s. So it's just fun seeing him be almost like a different character. Falcon Mm -hmm. seems pretty much the same. Uh, Yeah, Marvel boy is very different than what he is. Very different than what am
0: used to, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, what can you do? I mean, it's almost like they were all stereotypes, right? They were all just like, hey, this guy's the gruff one, this one's the... You know, she's literally a vamp, you know, but mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, that's okay. And I, I
1: think that works for, for these comics, too, because it's almost like a caricature. Yeah. So you, like, just within a couple of lines, you automatically know the characters. Like, you know what kind of person Nick Fury is just by reading, like, one bubble. You, you know exactly sure. the kind of person he is, and, you know, he's gruff, and he's, he you know, doesn't take shit from anybody. He's, you know, yep. kind of a hard ass. Like, you, you get that immediately just from the way he talks, so, I kind of like that almost caricature,
0: yeah, and you know what? I think it goes back to what you're saying about how everything fits together mm-hmm. like this this artwork and the dialogue they do fit together. If you were to have this type of artwork with like two thousand nineteen realistic dialogue, it wouldn't really work. no, no, and so you're all. right. I think it's like the color, the art, the writing, everything meshes together for sure, so it's like it's like they knew exactly what they were doing at the time, yeah, and I want to point out. They go right back to fighting. Right? I love it. Uh, and so we're on page eleven, and it's been it's been almost all fight scenes, but that's okay. It's fun, right? Um. You know, I mean, uh, again, is so far is this a classic story? I would not say so. I, I would say it's a pretty generic story. Mm-hmm. Um, Roy Thomas. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Roy Thomas. A little bit. Okay, so he is kind of the successor to Stanley. On he was the the, the successor to Stanley on Fantastic Four on Spider Man on Avengers right and so he did he is you know a legendary Marvel writer and a DC writer he did a lot
1: of Silver Silver Surfer too correct
0: actually no I don't think he did no oh, no okay. those, uh, Silver Surfer in the sixties was all Stanley oh okay yeah okay I don't think he ever wrote uh, Silver Surfer because no Stanley wouldn't let anyone write the Surfer until oh the really 80s. yeah okay um but yeah. <laughs> I love Roy Thomas because of his reputation. Like I love reading his classic X Men stuff, right. and his Avengers. I just I don't think he's a great writer. Mm-hmm. I can read this and I can enjoy it, but I don't know if I've ever read anything he's done that's just knocked my socks off, you know. Right. So, um, did you have anything you wanted to talk about, or?
1: No, I I think here I'm you know I just enjoying the yeah. the action the the cartooniness of it. It's it's great. You know when I think of like the quintessential like. 60s, 70s comic. It's kind of all here, right? Right. Like like what you were saying with before, with everything kind of fitting together. I think that like even down to jumping right into the action is great. Like they they have a fight scene beforehand to test if Cap and Falcon are really them, and then immediately jump into another fight scene to test to see if you know these new heroes have what it takes. So it's like you know, know one trick, uh, you know, like. One from from one fight tricking Captain America to another one tricking Captain America, which I, is just great.
0: It's yeah, it's ridiculous. But what are you gonna do? It's, mm. it's almost like I think at this point, uh, it's almost like I hate to. I mean, people look down on wrestling, but I love wrestling. Mm-hmm. And this is like there's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of colorful costumes, but it is very so much just a wrestling matches. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, okay. So anyway, so then Captain, this this is hilarious. So Nick Fury wants Captain America to train this new team. But he refuses and so now Falcon's gonna become the leader of this team and train them. Um, and so that's it. So now Captain America's gonna leave them because he's got to go figure out his past or whatever right. right. So he leaves them in the dust.
1: Um, I also love that he he choo- like he you know has Falcon step in for him mm-hmm. and you know he he talks about Falcon being, uh, pretty much equal to Captain America, besides the fact that he's a super soldier. Like he's he's got the the wits, he's got the training. So and and it's kind of cool to see this after knowing Falcon uh, Sam Wilson becomes Captain America later on. So it's yeah, kind of sure. It's kind of almost like a, a hint that they didn't even know that they were doing uh, as to him turning into Captain America and taking on that mantle. Sure, yeah.
0: And and you know what else is funny it is was well, cool here on page fourteen. I just want to point out how good this uh, storytelling is. One thing I noticed about John Buscema, or sorry, John Buscema, his art is so good that a lot of times you could so perfectly understand what's going on with the story, and it's almost like the dialogue is an afterthought, right? You don't even need it. And so in this sequence, you see um, she kind of knocks over Vamp, and then you see his hand up, basically, and you you read it, stop right there, all of you, but he's literally putting his hand up, so Mm -hmm. we know what he's saying to them. So he obviously looks disapproving here. He's talking to Nick Fury and Falcon here in this panel. And this last one, we see him pointing to Falcon because that's what he's doing. He's appointing him. Right. right. This is the guy you want, you know. They don't need me. They're good enough on their own. What they do need is a leader. And I can't think of a better leader than the Falcon. Wh- what? Me? But again, melodramatic. But yeah, it's-,
1: it's it's great. He's telling the story through the panels and you don't even need the dialogue there to you know, understand or mm-hmm. see what's going on.
0: And you know what? Hey, just for the record, I, for one think William Shatner is a good actor. Mm-hmm. Okay. And sometimes I'll take, I'll take over the top exaggerated actions. Right. If there's at least passion behind it. For sure. And that's why I love like Kirby and Busema, because yeah, it's over the top. It's ridiculous. But at right. least I can tell what's going on. Right. You yeah, know, that's, that's great.
1: I, I feel the same exact way. Like my favorite movie is The Princess Bride. Okay. And it's over the top and cartoony and just ridiculous. But even though it's it's that cheesy, it it drags you in with the characters and sure. the story, and you fall for it. Like, I, I don't know how else to describe it besides you fall for it, and it just works. Sure. When it's all put together.
0: And you know what's funny is I think that goes for a lot of movies, and I don't want to do a big discussion about something like Star Wars, but for I feel sure. the same way about movies like that. And I think, you know, there's people that can't appreciate that. And I I just I cannot understand why they they don't see that there's different ways to like tell a story. And this For is sure. a way and that's a way, right? Like yeah. why not? This is hilarious, okay? Page sixteen. Um, Nick Fury says Sides, I sneaked a neat little tracer into Cap's Shield. Okay, hold <laughs> on a sec here. Cap's Shield, I mean, where would you hide a tracer? I have no idea.
1: Like, maybe in the the belt Like yeah. the strap or something I have no idea it's kind of
0: ridiculous but
1: it's an old comic book yeah like it's got that logic almost mm-hmm. where it's like yeah I don't know how it would work but it works
0: so now we go to this other subplot with his girlfriend which is um is it Sharon? Sharon. yeah Sharon, Sharon Carter, Carter who's in the movies as well mm-hmm. um now I love this how he goes out and he's in his uniform but he still has to you know get into a you know fisticuffs here <laughs> um this was a strange little ending. I yeah. mean, kind of it's typical for a comic for there to be a misunderstanding, but it was really weird the way that they got to this point where he was in a fight and then this girl was there who we were introduced to earlier and she's a bad guy, but then she sees him. It was just kind of strange, you know? Yeah, and, and right before this,
1: he breaks up with Sharon Carter. Yes. Over the phone because he's going to go <laughs> find himself and figure out what's going mm-hmm. on and he doesn't want. Uh, that relationship to get in the way he doesn't want her to get hurt, so, which is strange because I guess he's just going to. He, we find out later on that he's just going to Newfoundland <laughs> to yes, to find out like his backstory, right? So, right. so for him to break up with Sharon Carter was kind of, yeah, like a, why is he weird just thing? tell yeah. her I'm just going to a trip back in a couple of days? Yeah. yeah,
0: strange. But again, I guess in in this era of comic books, everything was sort of broad strokes and exaggerated, sure. right? Yeah. So. So basically we get to this, it's kind of a cliffhanger ending. You know, he is talking to this girl and then in the last panel she says, just call me Veda, Captain America. So now we know, oh, that's the girl from earlier who was a bad guy. So she's kind of spying. So it's kind of cool. So, you know, it is interesting. But then we have this little uh, next issue blurb. Steve Rogers' quest continues one day in Newfoundland. And to a Canadian (laughs) reader, it's just, it's always weird when I hear any Canadian province or city reference. Because it just... Makes me feel like oh it's like right it's so weird eh
1: yeah I, I, it's surreal the fact that that he's going like Steve Rogers wants to go to Newfoundland to you know you know figure out stuff about his past is so strange because I yeah I'd never realized that there's, would, there's any connection yeah, there? yeah that there was any connection there at all
0: okay so here we are so now we're at the next issue Captain America number two eighteen at last the secret of Cap's origin revealed bonus the peerless power of Iron Man. <laughs> And that's just for starters. I love it. These old covers, you know, they, you know, right here we technically have, look at this, one, two, three scenes plus a pinup in the middle. It's yeah. great, right? It's, and, and even
1: the title has like the characters kind of, you know, in the title itself. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's just so much going on, but mm-hmm. the flow of it works. It even has like a little bit of Kirby crackle in the, on the left and like, it's just, yep. it's so fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great. So here we are, with Don Glut writing uh, Sal Buscema now, his brother, which right. I, you know we I said we talk about. Um, John Buscema is the better artist, but I have a lot of affection for Sal because he drew spectacular Spider-Man mm-hmm. for like twenty years, Right. And so yeah, he's just one of my favorite artists. So basically, Captain America has gone to Newfoundland of all places because he wants to investigate his origin. Um, there's you know in comics, there's always going to be um, uh, you know continuity. Errors and uh, mismatched origins. And what I like about what Marvel did is they would try to explain it, whereas I think DC, for the most part, would just ignore it. Right. And I I still think that Marvel's method is the better way to go, to try and explain it. What do right. you
1: think? No, I, I I, think that's kind of fun. It, it does make things messy, but I think it's also part of the charm of this comic book. Right. I, this one in particular, it's part of the charm. Like, going to Newfoundland of all places is just ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it, it's also funny that that they would try to tie in Captain America's origin to Canada. Like that is just so weird to be like, why of all places like pick any other sure. state on yeah. the East coast? Or, uh-huh. like, why Newfoundland? It's a good like, it's point. So I didn't think strange. about that.
0: Why Captain America? You're right. Yeah, it is a good point. Okay. So <laughs> on page four here, we are introduced to Iron Man in the story. Um, it's always nice to see, you know, other Avengers. Again, at this point, let's be clear, at this point in Marvel history, Iron Man was not considered really he, he was maybe B-list or right, he wasn't a-. he was definitely
1: not the front man of no. of Marvel Comics at the time. Not at all. So this was kind of a fun cameo, I'm sure mm-hmm. at the time, for like a minor character, but uh, You know,
0: I got to admit this scene is actually pretty cool. So what happens is Iron Man walks in, "Hi Cap, Sharon, I was on my way back down, blah blah blah, and then Veda says Sharon, and then Iron Man thinks, "Whoops! Seems that I just put my f- iron foot in my mouth slot. Uh, my mistake, <laughs> Cap." Because let's be clear, I've done this where right. you know I see one, one of my buddies, you know, downtown, and he's with a girl. I'm like, "Hey, Carol!" For I'm sure. Like, oh crap! Yeah. You know, just, not, of course, yeah. yeah, you just assume, right? But I don't know. It's pretty smart, actually, pretty clever. Yeah. So here on page five, we have a classic segue where. Captain America is looking at a picture and he says, good Lord, this woman, I recognized her even after all these years, decades. And then she, and then Veda says, I thought you wouldn't, wouldn't have forgotten cap forgotten. How could I forget her? One of the first faces I ever remember seeing in my life on that fateful day back in 41. You know what this reminds me of? Remember the movie airplane? Yeah. It reminds <laughs> me of a parody of the, right. the genre. It's like, yeah. it's so overdone. Like, It's like if this was a movie, you would have like, you know, um, almost like the wings were like, and then like the the foggy lens and the blur, it's just in the fog actually Mm -hmm. in the shot, right? Like it's ridiculous, but whatever. So we flash back to Captain America's origin here. And then... I mean, even even the way that the the panels themselves are shaped
1: kind of adds to that because the the corners are rounded and everything. Like it, it really adds to that... like, dreaming of of the past, which is great.
0: Yeah, and flashbacks, this is a weird thing about comics, back in these days, they were always rounded, the panels. Mm. They were always rounded, just so you knew it was a flashback, right? So I thought this was so typical of the dialogue of the day, but he's he's explaining his origin, and he says, So I became a voluntary guinea pig, drank their experimental super soldier serum, transforming Steve Rogers into this first so-called super soldier. It's like, why couldn't they just say super soldier? You know, yeah. That always irks me when there's certain writers that do it. It's almost like they're a little bit self conscious of the genre. Right. Like, oh, here's my so called battering. Like, dude, just call it just a batarang call, right. call it a super soldier. You know, that just really irked me. It, it almost feels like,
1: like Stanley is saying. Like, I could hear yeah. him saying that. Like, which is in probably in his voice. Which is, I think, maybe what they're trying to, yeah, to so, you know, uh, like mimic. Sure. In, in portray is, is this like, it can't just be something simple. It's got to be, you know, so called super soldier. Yeah, somewhere. it's got to be the
0: Incredible Hulk. The you know, yeah, the, the amazing. It's it's got that like. Sure, it's it's got to be qualified. Yeah, right away. Yeah. So here we are on page seven now, and we're reintroduced to our pal quasar Mm -hmm. who at this point now let's be clear last issue he was called marvel boy now all of a sudden he's called marvel man which is even more confusing because any comic history person knows miracle man his Mm. original name was marvel man you knew that right 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 so this is a whole other can of worms we're not even going to talk about but yes in this story quasar was called marvel man so whatever confusing as heck but it is the character who will one day be called Quasar. Here right. he is training with the other, what are they called, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I can't remember what he called them. The Super Agents. Yeah. The Super Agents. Yeah, <laughs> obviously it didn't last because neither one of us have heard of him, right. but whatever. Okay, I so. mean,
1: in the, in the one day that Falcon's trained him, he's turned from Marvel Boy to Marvel Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so maybe he is doing <laughs> yeah. a good job. Yeah, you're right, good
0: point. So this is great. Page seven, or sorry, page nine we are, okay? Iron Man says, or no, sorry, it's Captain America. This reel of recording tape. I'd forgotten how the original Avengers often taped what they talked about for future reference.
1: Awesome. Which is uh, such a fun, like, ridiculous retcon to to be able to flash back to that mm-hmm. scene.
0: You know what's funny, though, is now that I think about it, one, one of the cliches of, like, uh, science fiction and, like, genre entertainment is that in cartoons and shows, like Doctor Who whatever, it's almost like... Everyone seems to have a recording of everything. So right. if you're watching an episode of like GI <laughs> Joe and they go, "Hey, let's what happened on that other mission?" They'll just bring it up on the computer, right? And it's all just there. I'm yeah. like, I never, I never questioned it when I was a kid. It's so great. Like yeah. they,
1: they do that in the Transformers movie as well. Okay, like, uh, Laserbeak like the, the old 80s one, Laserbeak records them and, it, and you're just watching the movie, like what happened the in the angles. previous scene. Yes, like yes. it even like cuts to the, right. You know, it's, that's great. The close up, or, or wide shot, yeah. Right. I mean, even even the MCU does that with uh, Bucky killing Stark's parents. Like there has to be, a, there has to be camera footage of, okay. of Bucky actually yes, killing, like what, well, there's, a, there's yep. a security camera on the lamp. I know, just, I know. The, and it just happens on a highway, yeah, on the highway like, you know, in the middle of a forest. It's just, yep. Yeah, so I love that. That's kind of a fun cheesy trope.
0: Love it. Yeah, yeah it's a trope. We're not gonna. Who cares? We're not gonna question. Mm-hmm. It's fun, right?
1: On page ten, I absolutely love the bubbles, like these giant balloons. that <laughs> Captain America is strapped to his hands and feet to slowly descent from from the uh, the jet that he has just jumped Ridiculous. out of. Ridiculous. Yeah. Like,
0: it why just, not? A, why not a
1: parachute? Why yeah. not?
0: And I know that they had rockets or so they could have just flown down a rocket, but right. no, you're or, right.
1: Or, or or you know, Tony could have just landed and could've walked out. Yeah. Like it's just such a fun, ridiculous thing. I've I i do not think I've ever seen
0: Captain America with this, like with this,
1: you yeah. know, special
0: This is definitely the Captain America equivalent of Superman tearing off right. his logo and throwing it in Superman two. It's so the great. Cellophane logo. Right. Yeah, great. I
1: think they call it the descent bags. <laughs> oh weird. really? I think that's what it, I think that's what they say.
0: Yep. Yeah. By the inflated descent bags. You're right. Oh so my god. So ridiculous. ridiculous! Like what, yeah. what? a
1: crazy, you know, weird invention. You already have something that does mm. this, and it's just it's very comic
0: booky. Very. And yeah. I love this, but sooner or later somebody will want to know what Captain America is doing in Canada's tenth province. <laughs> and I think it's also funny because. Newfoundland joined later, right? They joined in '49, mm-hmm. so it was pr- a newer idea for it to be right. part of Canada. It was just weird to have that in there, you know. Yeah. I don't know. So this is where, on page um, eleven, this is where we get into the reason for the story's existence. Now, most people don't realize that the whole idea of Captain America falling into the ice, it was, it was a retcon. It was invented mm-hmm. by Jack Kirby and Stan Lee in '64 when they brought him back. So in the 40s, they never had that story. It was just Stanley basically saying, well, we need an excuse for him to have been disappeared for 20 years. So this is what they came up with. So in this sequence here on page 11, Captain America says, something that's been bothering me for years. I fell off that drone plane and plunged into the English Channel. And yet when the Avengers picked me up, I was frozen way up in the North Sea. Between the incident with the drone plane and my being found by the Avengers, then again, my mentioning... Newfoundland might have just been meaningless raving so again I, I wish I had the issues in front of me I don't know exactly how they show right. what the way it happened but
1: so it seems like they're just trying to connect you know him falling out of the jet plane and being frozen and this new story with him having an origin somewhere in Newfoundland well, It's kind of piecing those and I remember two stories together
0: yeah like and I remember submariner. No, sorry. it was. It That's was, what they were searching for, I yeah.
1: believe, in Avengers, was Submariner. It was, I think that well, they show that. Yeah, they show well.
0: that. And it was Inuit that found that had Captain America in the frozen block. So right. that wouldn't even be Newfoundland. That would be like the oh, deck, yeah. yeah. Or like uh, Nanavid or something. But anyway, yeah. we'll get into that. Okay, so now on page 12, we have some great art by Sal Buscema. Um The second panel, I just love it. Because right here in the first panel, you have Captain America's face looking through the window. Okay, The second panel... You're basically zoomed out. So you know that that's Captain America looking through the window. And we see what he's looking at. But we're looking at it from this weird angle where we're going through the legs of this guy who's the closest to the camera. Mm -hmm. And then we see the other two guys here. So we see one guy's leg. We see one guy's – this other guy, both of his legs and a hand. And then we see this guy, the full body. So he's carrying a box. He's carrying a box. And so it's just – we're getting pieces of the story, but that's all we need. And it's great because now we know exactly what's going on, right? You,
1: you can almost feel the camera moving back to show you the whole picture with just these two panels. Good point. Because it, it really does feel like the the camera the panel was close up and was just pulled out.
0: Yeah, that's a good to point. Tell,
1: to tell that action and to... to like, show you exactly what he's looking at
0: yeah that's a good point i didn't think about that but yeah you're right totally and then of course getting up here to the roof of the dramatic shot in front of the moon it's great right mm-hmm. and again like Sabu he used to be criticized a lot because he's i think he's kind of considered a generic marvel artist but it's great stuff like mm-hmm. he knows exactly what he's doing i mean he tends to use the same um positions and expressions over and over again but the point is, is he's telling the story and it, mm-hmm. it's sucking me in and i love it you know
1: uh, I, I love the like the little gag here and the art for the first two panels. Uh, these the bad guys are questioning him if that's really Captain America. They say, um, convinced if, if that really is Captain America." No. And then the next panel is Captain America just hitting him across yeah. the head like full you know the full panel is just kablonk and him whacking him over the head and cap says convinced it's just sure. so fun and such a like great way to like jump into that action but i absolutely love it
0: it's funny cuz it ties back to the last issue mm-hmm. where again it was the question of their identities and it continues right. here where these guys go these guys go bah anyone could put on a costume and stop one man with a metal shield it's just kind of ridiculous that Why would you even? I don't know. It's just like, like, why would you assume? Why would you not think it's Capture America? It's kind of like one of those things where the writer didn't have to write them doing that, but he did. And so, I mean, you could cut those lines out and it would still be the same for sure, right? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's just filling space. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like in those disaster films when there's a character that refuses to believe that what's happening is happening. Right. It becomes an unnecessary subplot that Mm -hmm. they have to overcome. I think it was one of those volcano movies. Tommy Lee Jones okay. refused to believe. Like, why even put that in there? It's a waste That, of that happens
1: a lot in horror movies, too, even that, like, the parents never think Sure. That the, the kids are telling the truth, or, you know, th- th- there's always those, like, themes that kind of keep recurring. And I wonder if that's something that Glutt just, you know, was thinking about at the time. Like, oh, well, I wonder if anybody can put on the costume and fool somebody. Sure. So I wonder if maybe even that's something that he just had in his head. So when he wrote these two, it's just kind of something fresh yeah. and there when, you know, he was. Thinking about this, yeah, it's it's, it's it's funny that the those two
0: themes kind both, of, yeah. yeah. I wonder if it's just something that it's almost like something that that he because I don't know I haven't read much of his stuff. But maybe it's a trick that he's going to use over and over again. I don't mm. know. So here we go. I love this on page sixteen. I am the biggest, strongest man in all this province, and not even you could survive against me for that long. <laughs> it's just again, reading as Canadian when you read some, any reference to Canada. It's almost like someone's talking about your house or your family yeah. by name. You're like oh, this takes you out of it. This is so weird. They're talking about Canada. You know, I just thought that was funny.
1: Yeah, for sure. Especially because of, like all of these comics are set in the states, and like they are recognizable mm-hmm. places that we you know might have been to, but it's not home. So when you mm-hmm. hear something that is so close to home, you're like, whoa, that's you know that's not normal to, to hear yeah. something like this.
0: It's weird. It's like when it's like when a rock song references like Toronto or something. Right. It just doesn't sound yeah. It doesn't sound poetic or majestic. It just sounds mm-hmm. like oh it's like
1: Oh, I, I know that yeah. yeah. I I I think this is kinda of ridiculous. It's it fits in with the comic with its cheesiness, but it also feels out of place with, you know, the whole espionage thing and him going down and into the secret bunker in a mm-hmm. <laughs> different country and he, you know, hits this guy in the face. He at first acts like everything's fine, and then he starts to get a little bit dizzy, and then his teeth start to slowly fall out, fall and up. then wham, he falls on the ground. I think it's just really great to have that mixed in with all of these like action and fighting sure. scenes to have a little bit of comedy. Yeah, why not? It's so exactly, funny. it's really Looney Tunesy, and totally. Looney Tunes-esque and goofy, and
0: and the three panels in a row again, like the teeth just falling out and then this panel yeah it's pure comedy you're Mm -hmm. right it's great and again we were talking earlier about the the high quality William Shatner's acting and I have to compare it to this because this is ridiculous this is melodramatic but if you're gonna give me a comic book story give me a good you know cliffhanger ending and here we go he this the bad guy brings him into this room and he says I need all that I needed all that time to build to perfect this my most fabulous creation, and then of course, what is it? It's a robot of Captain America that's about twice as tall as Captain America. Why? Just great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why? Like, <laughs> and what a cliffhanger! Yeah. It's so great. Like,
1: after he sent his goons to go and you know fight Captain America, he watches them all just get pummeled,
0: uh-huh.
1: and he steps out of the shadows to say, "Here, come on, take a take a look at this," and model like you know supervillain monologues. Shows him his like, ridiculous, ridiculous giant metal Captain America. But it's
0: also funny because it could have been anything, it could have been a giant anything, but it's specifically Captain America, including the mask over the human face. Like, right. it's just it's ridiculous, right? Yeah. But again, you don't know, like. I actually, one of my first Captain America comics as a kid was an issue that came after this, and this giant robot was in it. And oh, okay. I remember thinking, what the hell is that? What's the point of it? But. <laughs> But I guess the question is, as a reader, does it make you want to come back for more? Does it make you want to find out, right, what's going on? Yeah, I guess it
1: kind of does grab me a little bit. It at least, at the very least, makes me intrigued on what his plan was going to be with this giant Captain America, as ridiculous as it is. I think I'm more intrigued because of how ridiculous it is, not necessarily because I want to know more about the story or see if he comes out at the end. It's Uh just like, so ridiculous, I need to know what happens.
0: Yes, Okay, so unfortunately, in the next episode of this podcast, we will not be finding out what happened with the giant Captain America robot right. because this podcast is going to be following the adventures of Quasar, a.k.a. Marvel Boy, a.k.a. Marvel Man. And so, I mean, maybe one day we'll come back and we'll you know follow the adventures of Captain America. But for right. now, this podcast is dedicated to Quasar. So I'd like to thank you for joining us for our pilot episode. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is technically chronologically the first ever Comic Book Syndicate audio podcast. So I'd like to thank you, Josh, for joining us. Thank you very much. Yes, you and I are, of course, doing the currently unnamed Spider-Man podcast that's already been uploaded, and you're already enjoying it out there. But um, you can also watch our video reviews at comicbooksyndicate.com. We do um, comic book reviews, movie reviews, creator interviews, panel discussions, uh, text reviews, everything you can imagine. And Josh, um, is there anywhere we can... Keep it, like, do you have a website for your work, your animation or anything? Uh, yeah, you
1: can uh, find me at joshuajmurr.com or you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at joshuajmurr. Uh, yeah, that's, that's
0: pretty much it for now. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, so next week on Quasar Quinology, we will be joined by Comic Book Syndicate producer G.I. Jolie and we'll be reviewing Defenders number 62, 63, and 64. See you next week.